Hi, I'm Chris Vanderwolk. I'm the Senior Vice President of Employer Services and Compliance with Savoy Associates. Hi, I'm Colleen Patterson, and I'm the Vice President of Employer Services and Compliance here at Savoy. Hey, Colleen, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris. It's good to be across from you, actually, in person. We've done this, I guess, two or three times now. So it is excellent. It is excellent. Post-pandemic world, we get to share a room. We've got a couple of microphones between us, but otherwise, we are back in the real world again. Yeah, it feels great to be in person. Definitely a completely different vibe, even though the uh, whole you know virtual thing has worked for us for a little while, as it has for everybody. Being in person, there's nothing like it. Absolutely. So uh, we are going to do a bit of a reboot of our Savoy podcast. And the first thing we're going to do is get to know each other so that people can know who they're talking to or who these silly faces are they see. And I'm talking about my face as the silly face uh, <laughs> all across LinkedIn. So uh, Colleen, uh, you are well known throughout the industry. You are respected universally. People know that you are a resource for compliance issues and you can take tough topics and break them down for people. But how did you get here? How did you end up where you are today? Where did you start? I love when everybody asks that question because everybody always says, this is not what I thought I was going to grow up to be, was you know something in insurance or an insurance broker. So um, actually, it's interesting because I started out in law enforcement before I even got into insurance. And it's kind of, I guess, the same thing because I was enforcing a different type of law then, whereas now I'm certainly focused more on uh, compliance. But um at the time, when I was in law enforcement, my training officer said to me, what's your plan B if this gig doesn't work out? And I was like, oh my God, I'm 20 years old. No one's ever asked me what that is. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll go talk to somebody and see what I can find out to do for something else. And uh, I actually took a job temporarily with a really small insurance firm out of Morristown, New Jersey. And I worked there, I guess, just under a year and really learned a lot. Um, and then uh, went into the uh, police academy, and then, lo and behold, a couple of years later, I decided, you know what, maybe Plan B does work out a little better for me. So I ended up getting back into the business after being a police officer for a short period of time, and uh, really started out um, doing administration for COBRA, FSA, um, those kinds of spending accounts at first, and then really uh, got into the group side of things. I really thought it was interesting, the ability to negotiate price. When you could do that a little bit more then, then you can, can't really do that so much now. And I guess I've been at this, um, oh boy, let's just say it's been longer than a minute. <laughs> it's been a while, a good 25 years or so now. So you were on the street, blue uniform, badge, everything. So I, when I was uh, doing law enforcement, for me, I was uh, still in training. So um, I was uh, actually at the state police level. So I was in training the whole time. So I didn't go out on my own. I always had my training officer for a period uh, with me. So, um, but yeah, um, you know, there's no lie when they say one of the scariest things you'll ever do is a traffic stop. There's a lot of truth to that because um, you don't know what you're getting. And I kind of feel like there's a lot of things that I went through in training there that's really prepared me for here because it's very similar. You know, there's no two situations ever alike when we're answering compliance questions. Um, there's no two employer groups that are alike. No two quotes are ever alike. And it was kind of the same thing then. So a lot of those skills that I learned early on in my early 20s, I really had the ability to be able to repurpose and use here, and it's worked out pretty well. You know, it is striking the similarities between the paths our careers it took. Is. <laughs> uh, and for, for anybody listening, Apparently, if you want to be a compliance person, wearing a uniform at some point has a strong correlation to it. I was an interrogator in the Army uh, myself. I spent six years in the National Guard mm -hmm. with a couple of deployments. And uh, 
insurance was my plan B because when I was leaving my time as a civilian contractor, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And believe it or so not, <laughs> there were no jobs for interrogators in New Jersey. Uh, I, <laughs> Probably I, not. I did consider actually going into uh, the state police because they had an intelligence unit. Mm-hmm. But like you just mentioned, traffic stops are scary. And yes. for me, I didn't want to take that risk. I wasn't comfortable standing on the side of the turnpike mm-hmm. at two in the morning in the rain. Uh, so I looked for other jobs and I interviewed around and my path was really similar to yours, except for I started on the carrier side. I was an ancillary account manager for Assure and Employee Benefits. That was my first job in the business. And that's now Sun Life. Uh, mm-hmm. Great company, loved working there. I spent about five years there, had a couple of roles, with account manager and sales rep. Then I went to work for Humana and I launched their small group specialty business here in New Jersey. Enjoyed that quite a bit. And then after that, I ran a third party administrator for about nine years. Mm-hmm. And so Cobra, FSA, HSA, that's crazy. where you go. Yeah. And, and really, I think it's because you have to learn the details there. It's, you not, do. it's not about the price. It's about, can you do this or can yes. you or must you avoid it? So what are some of the things you think that have been beneficial for uh, you now that you're doing compliance from when you started out in kind of a military uh, background, similar structure to what I was in? I think it's, at least for me in the Army, there's a big focus on regulations. Mm-hmm. And the, the joke is about barracks lawyers and people who learn uh, the Army regulations. And whether that's the code of dress, AR 670-1, every private learns that of how you wear your uniform and and where and when and how your hair has to be cut uh, through our field interrogation manual. That was field manual 34-52. These are things that I didn't come in thinking of. I just still remember these (laughs) uh, because they were so ingrained. But you learn regulations because that's how the military works. Mm -hmm. And it only works because it's regulated. And you can't just know those things unless you take the time to read them and understand them and think about what they mean. So I think that probably had the biggest impact is you're forced to think through these things. And then as you tackle and notice that the IRS drops on a Friday night, that changes what the definition of uh, an offer of coverage is so that they can get rid of the family glitch. It's just the same muscles being exercised in a different way. You're absolutely right. And just as you were talking when you were saying about um, a certain way to wear your uniform and your hair has to be a certain way. Um, funny story. So I used to always have really long hair, like down to the middle of my back. But when I was going through the police academy, my hair kept falling out of my bun and hitting my collar. I got tired of doing push-ups. So I went and got my hair cut, and I've had it short ever since, so all these years later. So it's funny how some of those things that you learn early on um, to be able to navigate in the environment that you're in make changes for your life going forward. And I think Um, When we're talking about military backgrounds and me being in law enforcement, I also come from a very strong military family. My dad, my husband was in military, my brothers, everybody. Um, I'm a military brat, so I was originally from Florida, so I was uh, born down at Patrick Air Force Base in Florida. Um, So that structure for me, it's kind of been a way of life. And I think what makes us uh, really good at what we do here is taking those, that structure that we've learned early on and really applying it to um, our daily lives here in compliance. And I don't know about you, but I always thought with all of the rules that we had to learn in law enforcement, and then you got to memorize laws too. It's like, what? Um, it really helps you very quickly and easily figure out what's really important, what are the key points, and what are the ways to be able to distill it down so that you can remember it. So it's got to be easy. And I think that's one of the things I know you absolutely are phenomenal at, Chris. 
And um, that's why I think people really enjoy coming and listening to you uh, teach uh, all of our CE classes and certainly share information with brokers because you too also have an unbelievable knack to take complex topics and make them easy to understand. And there's not a whole lot of people out there that can do that. So it's definitely uh, an unbelievable talent. So thank you for joining us here and we appreciate it. Thanks. You're, you're too kind. Uh, I had a sales manager early on in my career who instilled in me three by five. Whatever you're trying to say, if you can make it in three points of five words or less, the people will be able to understand what you're trying to convince them because I can go on forever uh, <laughs> and I can dive into nuance. But the three by five is something I try to remember and, and work with quite a bit. You mentioned uh, wanting to avoid push-ups. And I, <laughs> yes. I felt that in, in my core. I wonder how much that behavior leads people like you and I into a compliance role because our whole job is trying to avoid doing push-ups, whether yes. that be paying a fine or a getting in point. trouble. We just try to avoid doing push-ups yes. on a business level. That is absolutely true. Whether we are digesting you know, a penalty notice through ACA, you're absolutely right, or an ERISA or whatever it is, you're right. It's always looking for the way that uh, we don't have to do that. So I learned that early on and <laughs> I do not miss push-ups. <laughs> not at all. So you have just celebrated 10 years with Savoy. I have. I cannot believe it has been 10 years. And uh, Chris and I here in our Florham Park office as uh, we're doing today's uh, podcast and um, not too much has changed uh, dramatically here other than obviously not as many people. But um, what has changed dramatically for us is certainly the growth within our department and how that has helped uh, Savoy as a whole be able to differentiate as well as um, be able to diversify in our business, which is really important. Uh, for a general agency these days. Yeah, I think when I look at Savoy, our team here is unmatched anywhere. Uh, the fact that we have you and Suzanne and Sarah and Kate and Kia and Joan and Kim and Jen is awesome. And I don't yes. see that anywhere. And, and that was not in any particular order. I, if I forgot anybody, I, I hope I'd don't offend you too badly. Yeah, you did. You did. You got them all. <laughs> uh, but the, the investment in excellence here and top quality talent that brings what they do to every broker and client that we service mm -hmm. is unmatched. And, and I know because I get emails from you many hours uh, that you are an industrious hard worker and you go above and beyond. But what do you do when you're not working? Oh, boy, there's so many things. <laughs> so when I'm not working, um, I, uh, I live in uh, South Jersey, so I'm just outside of uh, Philadelphia. I'm right in the center of the state. So I can be to the southern uh, shore points, which would be for me, would be like Stone Harbor, Cape May, Wildwood, um, Ocean City. I could be in any of those places in about 45 minutes to an hour, but I can also be in Philadelphia in about 45 minutes, so we're in a good place. Um, I say that because I love outdoor stuff. I'm not a, I am an avid reader, but I'm an, I'm an avid reader in the winter when I can't really be outside because I don't really care for the cold that much anymore. But in my free time, my family and I, we spend a lot of time on four-wheelers. Um, we spend a lot of time um, just going to different places and exploring, too, just uh, being outside. Um, we camped for years and years and years in all kinds of places, um, all up and down uh, the East Coast. And um, I've, as some of the other things that I do as far as uh, for exercises, I'm not a typical exerciser, like I'm not a gym kind of person, but you can catch me outside with my husband, like taking down a tree with a chainsaw, no joke. Everyone teases me all the time because I have my own. That's that's. For real. <laughs> I have my own tool set, too, because I, like, I love to tinker on things. My husband is a huge car fanatic. 
Um, I am too from the extent that when I see something broke, I like to figure out how to fix it, but don't ask me tomorrow what the part was called and how we fixed it, but it is working, so that's good. Um, definitely anything outside that can be hands-on that has to do with that. I like to do um, DIY projects at mm -hmm. home too. Uh, which drives my husband a little crazy because I've been known to kind of just take a sledgehammer to a wall. It's like, I don't like that there anymore. So let's do something with it. <laughs> and he's like, okay, babe, great. <laughs> so less of a honey-do list, more of a honey-I'll-do-it list. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but uh, yeah, so I mean, there's, um, I mean, it's really anything outdoors. And in the summer, uh, we love spending time on our jet skis and, uh, you know, you catch us out uh, down on the Maurice, wherever doing that. We go to the Outer Banks every year, spend a lot of time jet skiing around there, that's like our thing. So how about you? I know that you are a musician. For all of you folks that didn't know that, we have an interrogator that is also a musician. So that's quite a combo. I'm a guitar player, not a musician. Oh, um, okay. I've got friends that are musicians <laughs> though, for sure. And they, they let me play with them in bands, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, so uh, I live with my wife and uh, my stepdaughter, Layla. Um, and I've also got a daughter, Hadley, and they are four and a half weeks apart. So we call them step twins. Oh, um, wow. And uh, so, with them, we do or did a lot of hiking. I say did because the last couple of years have been very busy. Yes. Um, I've been going through law school. I took my last class yesterday, and I will graduate next month. Congratulations so, again, getting close. Uh, so that sucked up a lot of my hobbies. Uh, but before law school, I was a avid race car driver. I did one lap of America twice after about 15 years of doing a sport called autocross where you race cars in parking lots, uh, eventually jumping That's into cool. track days. And then we did this this thing called One Lap of America where we got to race against professional race car drivers and beat them. Uh, I had a fire-breathing 700-horsepower Camaro, and we had that a great time. That is awesome. All right, so you're going to be my husband's new favorite person when I share all of that info with him. So he does um, – there's a racetrack not too far from where we live, and it's a quarter mile where you could go, and he's always taking the car over there and running it down. So, um, so that is super cool. Um, my husband and I, our daughter, uh, just turned 18. She's a senior in high school, so we're getting ready to transition into this, I guess, empty nester type of experience. She's going to be going to college in the fall. And my husband's like, what are we going to do? It's like, what do you mean, what are we going to do? I mean, is this a, you know, do you need another toy? Because we're, all, we're on the four-wheelers, we're on the jet skis, and I guess we get more time to uh, do that as she's getting ready to go away to college. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of what we have in our backgrounds are very similar, too. Um, when you're talking about law school and you're getting ready to finish and graduate in May, um, what do you think is going to be your next thing? Are you done with school now or is there something else you're looking forward to? So after graduation is still one big hurdle is the bar exam at okay. the end of July. Uh, I'm going to take that and I will put the effort into doing as best as I can. I don't want to say anything that's going to jinx myself here. Okay. But uh, after that, I don't have any intentions to go back to school anytime soon, at least not formally. Uh, but I'm, I'm a lifelong learner, as evidenced by starting yes. law school a couple of weeks after my 40th birthday. <laughs> so yes. I would be foolish to say that I that nothing else will come after this. But there's things I want to learn. I think I'll, I'll probably uh, take some of those online courses for basic coding skills, just because I want to know how to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I'm going back to school. I certainly won't be pursuing any further legal education. Uh, there are other degrees you can get, but I don't have a need for those in my future. And the last few years have been awfully hard. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I can imagine. So then your daughters, well, I guess, were around seven mm -hmm. or so when you started. That's tough. When I went back and uh, did my MBA, my daughter was two, and that was that's hard. That is really hard. So congratulations again getting through that. It's not easy. Thank and you. And I'm with you. I mean, it's she's 18 now, so 
I cannot imagine going. I don't even know how we did it then. And you're, you know, finishing up. It's a lot. It really is. But um, it just shows the dedication, though, to excellence for yourself and what you want to bring to your colleagues and share all of the information that you've learned. Because I have absolutely been a benefactor of that as well, where Chris has shared a lot with me as well as our team. And we share all of that with our brokers, too. So um, it's, it's just a great value add for us, too, and your experience to have. Thank you. It's, uh, it's awesome to jump into a team that is already firing on all eight cylinders. Uh, and metaphor, your husband will yes, certainly appreciate too. Yes, he too. will love that. <laughs> <laughs> he better listen to this because he's going to get all of these metaphors. <laughs> there, there are guaranteed to be two listeners to this episode, your husband and my wife. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is true. That's true. So um, I know we're about coming up to our time here for um, today. So what about, Chris, just, uh, this is a get to know us. And since you're new, relatively new to Savoy, um, what do you think the next six months is going to look like here at Savoy for us? And then uh, what is that going to look like in the industry, do you think? So six months is a short time horizon, but I think the next six months are going to be exciting. Uh, we are back out on the street. We are getting to know people. We're getting to see people we haven't seen in a long time. We are going to be having some hopefully spectacular events to bring our broker partners in and get to reconnect with them in person. We are spending a lot of time right now helping people win more business. I, I have sat in VOR meetings with brokers already this year, and it's a thing that we want to do for as many people as want to partake in it. So help us help you win more business. That's, that's my focus for the next six months. If we can help a broker close a BOR by October, uh, we'll be in good shape to renew that business come January. Uh, I think that's spot on. I mean, one of the things that's been you know, certainly a challenge for everybody is how do you navigate when you're remote? And, uh, you know, folks still are in a hybrid situation, in and still remote. Um, but you're right. Um, you know, one of the things that I think has helped us with our broker community is being available, being in person, and having these types of resources readily available to them to be able to go out with them now should they choose to utilize us for that. So um, so thank you again for uh, spending time with us uh, today. And um, I think that's going to wrap things up for us. So thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.